This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. Uh, we flip reversed everything this week, Damon. It's uh, early morning for me and evening for you. You got a cold beer in your hand. I, I do. I just had a swig. Delicious. Uh, cherry? Or no, a strawberry wheat. Very good. Um, not gonna lie, it is a uh, it is a definite different. It was weird because even today I was like, well, I got to wake up in the morning and uh, record. No, no, I'm recording this afternoon. So uh, a little bit different. How are you making out with that? You, 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 we were talking a little bit off the air before we hit record, but uh, do you like the reversal? I do like it because we, when I record in the evening, first of all, it's because of the lockdown situation here, it's absolute chaos because I can hear Mally and Esther outside and I feel really guilty. I feel like I need to rush everything. Uh, and also preparing for the podcast and watching everything I need to watch, collecting all the questions, getting my notes ready takes up like most of the afternoon. So uh, by doing it like this, I can just do everything after Esther's gone to sleep, get everything ready, go to bed. And then uh, I was like, I didn't, you know what? This morning, the alarm didn't wake me up. I woke up by myself. Oh, you were so excited. I was, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Not a lot going on in the Abraham household, is there? (laughs) Absolutely fuck all, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I keep a blog. I've kept a blog since um, 2016 when I moved over to China. Wow. And it's, 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 well, semi-private. It's only for my parents okay. and my sister. Uh, Can just I have I wanted, uh, No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> just because I wanted to give them, uh, just, you know, keep them updated with what's going on in my life. Oh. But the, I, and I've just kept it going for some reason. And I don't know why I really should stop because <laughs> like the last few months, it's been like two sentences each day which has just included like what I had for lunch, what I had for dinner. <laughs> nothing else happening in my life. Oh, it's, listen, you're going through it, man. Um, for those of you with, that do not keep up on things, uh, the COVID situation over there is pretty, can I say dire? Is dire the word I'm looking for, Joel? Yeah, it's it's really bad because um, the, against, oh, fuck it. The, the government here just sat on their hands basically last year when things uh, were going quite well and the infection rates were low and uh, should have been pulling their fingers out and getting the vaccine rolling then, but they didn't because they thought, ah, you know, we, we got this under control. We don't, we can take our time with it. And uh, now it's come to bite them in the ass. Oh, I cannot believe that even here today on August, whatever today is the 17th, uh, we are still talking about this COVID stuff and it is still impacting I'm fucking bored of talking about it and dealing with it every day isn't it just you're just like I don't like uh, I don't know I mean I I think the whole world is at this shoulder shrug and it's I guess if you got vaccinated you can to a certain degree but then there's people that are arguing with the people who aren't and it's just like you know what it's just I'm so tired of it I don't 
not that I don't care, but I've really resigned to the fact that A, I'm going nowhere ever in the rest of my life, right? B, I have built my life to never leave the house. And C, uh, when I do leave the house, it is going to, there are so many safeguards that I have in place that I just, and it's not, it's not the disease. It's the people that I don't want to deal with. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care about the little molecules anymore. I care about the, I just, I don't want to, uh, I just can't stand it yeah. anymore. <laughs> Opinions about COVID are like oh, nearly as bad as COVID itself. It really is. I'd rather get COVID. I'd rather be on a ventilator than to have to listen to somebody talk about COVID like we've done for the past five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing for me, I'm not worried about catching it because I've had my, my double dose, my Sinopharm vaccine. I don't know how uh, effective that is, but you know, it's better than nothing, but I'm scared of the catching it and passing it on to yep. Mally. Who's had one shot and is waiting another one because of the fucking state of this country and, and, and Esther as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But that's what they're worried. saying. They're saying like little kids are like now the biggest carriers of this. They're like, like uh, that was like the big news of the of the morning. Like, like when we wake up in the morning, we'll put on like, there, here's the problem. There's no hockey. And so there's nothing that I watch. I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching old wrestling. I'm watching kind of new wrestling. I'm watching New Japan. But for the most part, I'm, I'm in a daze because there's no hockey and there's no – like I don't really follow baseball. I can't, I can't sit and watch baseball. So anyway, long story short, we put on the news and every day it's like, you know, you've heard of Good Morning America. Like, you know, the, the you know. It's the nation's national news in the morning. So seven o'clock. Good morning, America. COVID killing children. You know, it's like cases on the right. It's just like my wife's like, "What now?" And then next story: wildfires in California. What now? <laughs> People dying in in Florida. You know, it's just, it's just. I can't deal with it anymore. Like I just can't deal with. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I can't deal with it anymore. Neither can anyone else. Neither can Joel. Neither can anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we open the podcast. But, it's <laughs> but it is but it's because it's all around and you can't shake it. And I know people come here sometimes for a relief of that and to not hear it. But it's just like sometimes it's just like, what the? And I mean, not for nothing, my poor wife, she's got to deal with it every fucking day because she that's her job. Like her job is HR benefits and that stuff and to keep the work place under compliance and there's there's offices all over the country and there's just numb nuts running around like and she's got to be like you're sick you stay home i don't know what you don't fucking understand oh i was on a ventilator and i thought maybe i could shut up stay home you idiots why am i did the voice again i did the ventilator voice the guy I did on the, the voice to mali yesterday oh you did she it? Loved it yeah <laughs> We got what's the name again? What was the guy's name again? He was, I know he's from Baton Rouge. Um, and, I, and I don't know why. I kind of do know why, but I don't know why. Um, what, do you remember the guy's name? Oh, I forgot the guy's name. I don't know. It's not important. Can you do the voice for me right now? I'm not putting anything that I don't know inside my body. <laughs> it's pretty good. I don't trust that government. No. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I went out, I was out in my truck trailer. And I was driving all night long, and I was thinking about my about COVID nineteen. I don't even think it's a real thing. I was stuck my head out the window. I caught a bug in my teeth. Not the COVID nineteen, that's for sure. But the next thing I know, I saw the hawking and coughing and wheezing. And the next thing I know, I'm on a ventilator. God damn it, I'm on a ventilator. 
Thank you. <laughs> Great start to the show. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. This is making the segue to the next part quite difficult, but it's yeah, <laughs> uh, a, a tough week, uh, Damon. Oh, a lot, yes. a lot of bad news. Uh, we've lost some important people this week. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, let's when. I don't even know how I segue into this, but for a lot of people, um, their introduction and not only their introduction, but their ability to grow their fandom of not only New Japan, I wouldn't even say New Japan, I would say more other Japanese promotions that at you know two, three, four years ago, it was very difficult to watch. Like you couldn't just pop on a TV like you can right now and stream. And it was a real hero archive. That was a a a hotspot. I can't tell you how many wrestlers would come up to us, us being me, and I had nothing to do with it. But Eric and um, uh, Mort and Jamel, who were involved in this it was a it was a two-man crew for the longest time and then it became a third and the dedication that they had to putting up every single show like there could be one person joel and like i love basara basara's going up on the on the archive i love freedoms going up on the archive and it really became a destination where again like wrestlers would contact and like we would go to shows and they'd be, you're a real hero and you know Eric, yeah yeah so uh of course i mean if you don't know and if you're one of those people that you know do not have a social media presence good on you but also uh uh rough news you know the passing of uh jamal hepper who was one of the one of the cogs in that wheel was one of the the main people that were were doing and he was still doing to this day well to this day but um you know up until his untimely passing uh 30 something years old um and just what a nice guy like nobody says anything bad to say about him um he was friends to so many people and again was responsible for a lot of again the 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 if you love Japanese pro wrestling, I guarantee it, it you saw one of his videos. And it was you know, they weren't getting paid for that and they weren't getting anything for it except the fact that he would wake up early. He lived in Florida. He'd wake up at crack of dawn, put shit up. Uh you know, countless sleepless nights, countless oh, countless hours dedicated to it for Really, just the idea of sharing pro wrestling. And I was covering the Eagles at the time when I got the text message where I think I can say um, Chris Hero reached out to Eric and wanted to get a hold of him. And Eric hit me up and was like, Hey, Chris Hero is trying to get a hold of me. I think it was Roy Lucifer out in California who. Lucier, Lucier, I always say Lucier. Lucier, yeah. Lucier, yeah. Um, I don't even know who he is, but he just pops up all the time on my he, timeline. He's a, like, not, yeah, not the, but he's like an old school tape trading guy back in the day. Like you would always see him um, out in California trading tapes. And um, 
I, I just recently met him, like probably in the past four or five years. Uh, anyway, Eric was like, hey, because um, here was trying to get a hold of me. And I, you know, I, and I joked and I was like, oh, he's probably trying to say, hey, do you have that Noah match that <laughs> in 2006 where I wrestled, you know, whoever. And then uh, I had to step away. I came back and I had like three messages, phone messages. Somebody called. It was Eric. And I'm like, eh, this guy don't call. I wonder what's up. And I'll text, but he won't call. Who calls? And he, he call me back. Call me, Damon. Call me back. Fuck. Call me back. Oh my god. Call me back. I'm like, what the what the fuck is going on? And he gave me the news. Um. So again, that it was a that was terrible news, obviously. Um. And again, Joel, it's just a, an amazing thing. What people, I mean, we joke about it ourselves, but like just the love of pro wrestling, like what people do to spread the word. Um, and of course, you had Bobby Eaton's death, who I was a huge fan of. Again, probably top five favorite wrestler of all time across all platforms. Um, and then, you know, I'm watching Midnight Express compilations and just my wife is so sick of hearing that fucking theme music but he was great he was one of my favorites to to me the best punches in the business he threw the best punches of anybody in pro wrestling uh and then you 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 ice the cake with you know a, a pretty big radio hero of mine passing away um if people in the states might have known ron and fez um, and Fez was a big wrestling fan. Fez, um, got his name from Pez Watley, an old Southern wrestler. Um, and a lot of this podcast is me trying to be Ron Bennington, you know, and the influence that he's had on just me wanting to get in the radio and be in radio and to do a show like this. And, you know, along with Fez, Fez passed away, and that's 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 the story there. So, um, it's just been a heartbreaking week, and I'm knowing Bogart in the, the um, time here, but and I appreciate it, Joel. But just a three way dance of shit and and cloud that oh, it really it it all three of them hit me in the gut really pretty hard. Um, so again, thoughts go out to to, to Jamel's family, uh, friends, followers. Uh, if you, again, if you watch the video online, it was Japanese pro wrestling. I promise you it was probably delivered from that crew. So my heart goes out to them. Again, I, I, listen, I know you're not a big fan of Jim Cornette. I, I know that's to be the case. I'm going to recommend that you listen to that first show back of Cornette's podcast where he talks about Bob Eaton. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. It, you you hear a, a, a grown man break down, um, which is not comfortable, but it is heartfelt and it's emotion. And um, uh, I think I think it's required listening for people. Um, just what Bobby Eaton meant to Jim Cornette. I think that's like if you're a pro wrestling fan, I think you owe that to yourself and to them. I really do. And then that's now I'm off the soapbox. 
yes, so uh, thoughts to all the family involved. Um, let's move on then to talk about a, a very big show at the weekend for New Japan, Resurgence, coming awesome. from the Torch at LA Coliseum on Saturday night. General thoughts, Damon. I, I thought it was a home run. It was a, a, a tremendous show. Great to see New Japan back in front of a hot crowd. And I built it up quite a lot. My expectations were very high going into the show. And mm-hmm. they lived up to them. And, and I think the show served its purpose, not necessarily for for stars, you know, for match of the year candidates. It was there to get people excited about New Japan again. And I think that worked because just, you know, judging from the Twitter timeline, load of people talking about New Japan who haven't been talking about it for, for months and months and months. It's set up fresh feuds. There's a lot more interest in, in New Japan of US in particular. And I mean, we've come such a long way since the early episodes of Strong, which yeah. I, <laughs> I felt like I was the only person watching. So I know it's, it feels weird to say this, but I felt kind of proud of them Good. for you having come so far to, to put on a, a great show like that. It was like it was like the, the first episode of a new TV season, like a you know reboot where the fans who had uh, dropped off the bandwagon can can jump back on boards. And uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on the show? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And how amazing is it that you know when it comes to New Japan, a lot of the focal point and the epicenter of of all the good things is coming out of Los Angeles. And who would have thunk that you know a year ago, two years ago? Um, it's what we wanted, right? It was, it was, it, and, and it, quite honestly, it's turned out better than I thought. I thought the show was great. I love the atmosphere, like the where that ring was set up near the Coliseum entrance, and you know the Olympic rings and the torch still being lit, and you know being dusk, and the crowd was into it. And no, it was. I, I think you're right in the sense that, you know, I don't think I walked out of there with like, oh, my God, the, this match was match of the year. Although I don't think there was a bad match on the goddamn show. Uh, you know, there wasn't one that knocked your socks off and had your pants down. But you're right. It was everything had a purpose. Everything was interesting. Everything was fun. Uh, there were parts of this show where I'm kind of like – like really pumped. Like I'm grabbing my fist. I'm like, yes, let's fucking go. Um, I I thought it was well booked. I thought it was well paced. I thought the matches delivered when they needed to. Um, there were plenty of surprises. Home run. I think, yeah. I mean, uh, an easy, easy home run. Like when I turned off that show, I dare I say I had a, not not even a renewed interest in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. And Christ Almighty, do we have stuff to look forward to here? And in, in the United States of all places, uh, somebody listens to this show, Joel. Somebody's listening to this show because, truth be told, it felt like all of our check boxes, all of our all of our wants and needs. Very sexy, have been met, right? Doesn't it feel like that? Yeah, I I thought at the time, at several points during the show, that this show was in a nutshell all the stuff that's missing from the Japanese product right now, which isn't their fault, to be fair, but just it left me with that just desperate desire to get the travel open up because once the travels open up and you can get as many of these guys from the US over to Japan, then 
I think that fixes all the problems that you got in New Japan right now. It does, but the positive of all that is look at what we got in the states. Like I feel like we have right now with with strong a legitimate viable brand that is buzzworthy and exciting. I mean, look at all the names that are here. I mean, we strong has become a destination. Um and weirdly enough, you know, I mean, is the is the US title the biggest title for strong? I don't know. I mean, weirdly enough, that's that's now in the hands of the top guy of of the promotion who happens to be Japanese. Um, I mean, that aside, um, what uh, like that roster right now, and the possibilities and the sexy matchups. I mean, your head spinning, and again, this, this show specifically did not only a, a great job of wrapping some stuff up, but also. Like it, it made you want to see how things progress. Like that show, if you watch that show, you want more. Like you're going to watch next week and you're going to watch the week after and you're going to put a little calendar reminder, be like, oh, remember strong. And if, maybe not, you don't watch it Friday night or whenever it's on, but maybe you watch it Saturday morning or maybe like you got to watch it now. It is a, it is a, it is a, it is a, it is a I don't. I can't even call it a secondary brand show. It is a. It is. I mean, for a weekly television program, Joel, this is. We got it. We have a weekly episodic television program with angles and storylines and great pro wrestling. Eh, this fans. is what we wanted. And fans. And fans. Like. We always were like, oh, they got to do this in Japan. We need a weekly show. We we got it. And it's awesome. It's fucking great. The names that are here is unbelievable. Like if you just took, like, again, why would you? But if you just took this brand and said, okay, this is it. This is a very good wrestling product we got in front of us right now. And especially with all the collaboration going on between a number of US best promotions. There's a lot of things to get excited about, which we've needed desperately over the last year or so. So I'm really excited to talk about the show. Uh, first of all, David, can I ask how you watched it? Because I heard a lot of complaints yet again about Fight TV, <laughs> more like shite TV. Am I right? Uh, but yeah, I watched this on World with a Japanese commentary and a um, couple of... A couple of issues with camera work. I mean, obviously, it's not New Japan's regular team, but a few times that the camera missed stuff that was going on in the ring. Bit, bit of Kevin Dunn, <laughs> dare I say. But, uh, yeah, what was your viewing experience like? I, I watched the Japanese feed on World. There was no way in hell I was paying for another feed on Fight. I was. They were never. They are never getting my money. I don't care what the circumstances are. Uh, and they lived up to their shit reputation, right? I gotta say, I totally nailed that one because I can't tell you how many in watching the Japanese feed. Obviously, they were back in Japan doing a voiceover, and they were waiting for the feed. Uh, the buffering, <laughs> the buffering on their end that was being fed to us was uh, Chef's Kiss Fight TV, and uh, yeah, and again they use their crew, and I understand they, you know the cost. It's you know the, the cost of doing that. Um, is in New Japan's favor, and you know they're caught between a rock and a hard place, and they got to do what they got to do. 
Uh, so Fight TV's there, but yeah, uh, I I would have loved to have heard Kevin Kelly's commentary. Um, I thought you know he probably would have done a great job, but I can't see me forking out that money when I have World, and I you know the Japanese commentary doesn't bother me um, at all. In fact, I a lot of times I appreciate it. So yep, I went that route. Um, I did watch it the next morning. I was spoiler free. Uh, but it was started at like 11 o'clock Eastern and I was like, uh, my eyes were, I had to go to bed, uh, after I was getting updates from everybody there, like a lot of text messages, a lot of text messages. Um, would have, lo- we would have loved to have been there, but, um, unfortunately not, but yeah, it looked like everybody had a great time. So let's step into the main event then. We'll go in reverse order here. We had mm-hmm. a IWGP United States heavyweight championship match with, the challenger Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating the champion Lance Archer after 90 minutes 26 seconds. Nice short match there. Love it. No, none of this 36 minute nonsense. Uh, Tanahashi winning via the high fly flow. Uh, and this was notable for me for just the way that the crowd really got into it. And they're really playing along with the, the heel and the face dynamics, which is a mark of respect both for, to, to Lance Archer and Hiroshi Tanahashi that they will, you know, everyone loves Lance Archer. I don't know anyone who dislikes him, but people were still booing him because they're like, he's the bad guy. We're going to boo him. Tanahashi's the, the hero. We're going to cheer for him. And that was just a little thing that I enhanced my enjoyment of the match. And just, you know, what, what a sign of, of trust for New Japan in Lance Archer, a guy who left them to work for a, a competitor yeah. And there's, you can you can tell there's no bad blood or ill feeling towards Lance Archer. In choosing him to main event this huge, big comeback show, a lot of trust in him as you know a professional that they can rely on him to put on a great show. So that I thought was worth pointing out there. And he put a, a really touching promo at the end when he was talking about you know being back in, in Tanahashi, which something I wasn't expecting, but just perfect. Really, really hit all the right notes there. And I mean, I guess I was right in the end of what I said last week. They do want another singles title back in Japan. So presumably Tanahashi is going to be bringing this back to Japan and uh, possibly defending it at one of those dome shows. And I just thought very fitting that he was the guy to close the curtain on this resurgence. Because it's just amazing, Damon, how every year we think, oh, this is the year Tanahashi's going to get downcycled. He's, he's, he's going to be a dad this year. But he's just having an outstanding 2021. Uh, a lot of times he's been called on to p- perform where he otherwise wouldn't have been, you know, due to unforeseen circumstances, he's getting the tap on the shoulder. I'm just going to stop predicting that he's ever going to slow down. Tanahashi's officially going to be a main eventer forever. So really, really good match. Great way to close the show. Outstanding. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I wouldn't put this in his top 10 matches, but still people were there for the experience. People wanted to see him. People were cheering him as if he were the ultimate baby face, which he is. Uh, yeah. And, and it, I, yeah, it is fitting that he would close it out and the air guitar and the whole nine yards. You know, when I first started doing and the idea of a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, you know, was in my brain. Uh, you know, one of the first talking points was, you know, how Tanahashi is held together with, with duct tape. And, you know, he's probably on his, you know, well, how long ago was that? That was five years ago, six years ago. I don't even know how long ago. And you're right. Every year it's like, okay, you get little tastes of it. You know, you're like, oh, okay. So he's going to, you know, he's going to do tags for now. And, you know, the injuries, he's going to sit out for a little bit. And he's going to be just big match Tanahashi. They bring him out. Hmm. No, he's still a guy that they 
when when they need him most, he delivers. That to me is a superstar. Like that to me is a world great. Where in a big spot, it, when when a company needs a big spot, he delivers. Right? It's like you know you can win all the regular season games you want, but when it matters in championship games and big time tournament games, you got to deliver. You got to put the fucking ball in the back of the net. You got to fucking put the puck in the net. You you, you, know, you got to make that basket. You got to want the ball. Tanahashi wants the ball. Um, and also Lance Archer, you know, that cannot be um, something to just, just hand wave. The fact that they did trust him um, and gave, and I don't want to say gave him that spot, but, you know, pro wrestling is a weird thing. And he left on good terms. He obviously left the right way. And the company trusted him to do the right thing. And, uh, and again, in a big spot against Tanahashi. So, yeah, it's... That was a win. That was a, that was a huge win for everybody because it was the perfect crescendo to a really strong card. John has written in to say, WTF, Lance couldn't even have the title for a month. What is the booking reason to not have him carry it and have it on TV <laughs> on a weekly basis? Um, I mean, I said before, I think New Japan are lacking in singles titles in Japan. So that's why they're bringing it over. And they've got the never open weight title in the States. They've got the strong title in the States. They don't need three singles titles in the US right now. Um, so, I mean, the only question mark is why they did this Moxley to Archer, then to Tanahashi. Uh, I suspect we're going to be seeing Tanahashi versus John Moxley in the future. Um, maybe even Wrestle Kingdom. Who knows how, how things shape up for that. But I think that's something they've got on their radar. But what are your thoughts on the, the booking decision itself? See, I don't mind it. And and here's what it reminded me of. So you take up like a like an old 80s promotion like Memphis or any one of the territories, right? And the NWA world champion was the touring champion. And I'm kind of thinking of it as that, you know? So again, that IWGP heavyweight championship or US championship is like Strong's ultimate prize, we'll call it, right? Um, and the Strong belt being the regional heavyweight champion, right? So the regional heavyweight champion, when Flair would tour, boom, you know, we're defending that title against uh, whoever the champion is of that day. And that's where I really feel like that's the feeling, at least I got from all of this. Like it, like it just makes sense. Tanahashi comes in and out, you know, he's going to defend it in Japan, but then, you know, he's going to be back. He loves it here. Um, Defend against the strong champion or defending, you know, whatever the case may be. And again, we know, we know that that guy's going to show a pop-up on, on TNT on a, on a Wednesday night or whatever the hell AEW's on. Right. You, you, we do know that, right. We do know that that is a, that is a slam dunk happening. Right. You, you sound really confident about that, Damon. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't think I, – I think between him cutting promos, you know, pre-recorded promos for AEW, literally five minutes was dedicated to Lance Archer saying how he wants to, you know, when you come here to AEW, uh, just make sure I'm the first guy that you wrestle. And, I, you know, I mean, it was – yeah. He's going to be on AEW. And again, I when? I don't know. But here's the thing. 
Uh, do we even know if he's back? Tanahashi. Uh, I saw some social media posts indicating that he either has already left or is on in the process of leaving. All right. Maybe he's pulling a Hanare, right? <laughs> Taking a little picture of an airport. Right? He's still there. Tanahashi oh, working us. No uh, way. I'm just saying. I mean, look, stranger things have happened, right? I'm not, and, I, and again, I'm not saying everybody run to your TV and fucking turn it on, whatever it's in. I don't, I'm not saying that, but I'm just like, okay, eventually that's going to happen. I think everybody is, is uh, well aware that's going to happen. Okay, our other main event was the Never Openweight Championship match with Jay White successfully defending against David Finney, 22 mm. minutes, 59 seconds with mm. the Blade Runner. So mm. there was a lot of scuttlebutt going into this. Mm -hmm. uh, following uh, an interview David Finley did with the Wrestling Observer, indicating that perhaps he would be happier working in NXT. Uh, he uh -huh. talked about how he would like to, I think the phrase was, sit under the Shawn Michaels tree. He's just moved to Florida. Um, and just little bits and pieces like that, which certainly got a few people worked up, myself included, just gave the indication that Finley is a guy who sees his uh, long-term future in the States rather than in Japan, which is fair enough. You know, that's up to him. But whether or not that information should have come out in an interview uh, a couple of days before resurgence is, is another matter indeed, because... This, and I think it affected this match because it was a good match, a really good match, but it wasn't their best. I mean, they've had better contests than this in the past, but the crowd dynamics were all out of whack. And I think that uh, was in large part because of this interview. Um, I mean, a few things. I'm curious, was this something that they foresaw? Because I think Jay White is a guy who's always going to get cheered in the US. You see right. how he gets the, the crowd react to him on impact. Like he's pure baby face there because US fans, they like a cool heel. Jay White's the cool heel. Um, they're not going to boo him. For David Finley, there's never really been a strong crowd connection with the US fans at the best of times. I mean, the Japanese fans seem to get behind him and he's gone from, in Japan, being a, a red-hot baby face during that New Japan Cup where he got that big win against Jay White to here actually getting booed by a hostile US <laughs> fan base, right. which I thought was really remarkable and kind of made the match feel very strange to me. Yeah, yeah. And... and Dare I say that uh, we kind of, I don't want to say we kind of saw that happen, but we kind of did talk about that last week in the sense of these, the people that are going to resurgence are not casual New Japan pro wrestling fans. Now, they might like wrestlers that you might not like, they know they know what time of day it is. You know they're 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 smart cookies, and there are people that you know New Japan is a hill that they're willing to die on. Now again, am I that person? I I don't think so. But yeah, I think I think that interview left a sour taste, and I don't think that was us stoking flames and i don't think that was us uh, fanning the, the the flames at all i think we pointed out what a lot of people felt and a lot of people felt that okay there was there listen there is a in in a a portion of the fan base that dare i say was a little bit offended take that for what you want right 
There was also part of the fan base that was like, ah, he's probably working everybody and just blah, blah, blah. Okay. That, 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 that's, you, you could see where you would think that. Fine. The end result is, is that for whatever reason, the fans shit on him. Whether it was Jay White is super popular, he's Bullet Club, he's a cool heel, all that you mentioned. Or maybe they, they had a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth from that interview. Um, and again, these are not casual fans. They know what time it is. So, yeah, I think all that played into it, it being... Uh, if, is weird the word I'm looking for? It certainly didn't... F- like, the match was good. The match was fine. The match was, you know, there's nothing wrong with the match. But I don't even think that they figured that was going to happen and they had a call on Audible in some regards into how this match was going to be worked. Because David Finley working babyface in this match made no sense, right? Because he was not the babyface of that crowd. And then afterwards, we had uh, Tomohiro Ishii coming out to challenge Jay White. So that looks like a, a match we'll be getting stateside in not too distant future. The sixth match was a special tag match with the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, defeating John Moxley and his surprise partner, Yuji Nagata, who we really should have seen that coming. I'm annoyed that we yeah. didn't manage to predict that. Uh, 10 minutes, 33 seconds via the Magic Killer. Uh, this was an absolute Good Brothers match. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a McDonald's cheeseburger, isn't it? You know, exactly what you're going to get each time. And it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I mean, they... <laughs> the one thing that hurt me, Damon, was uh, the, the way the Good Brothers using, you know, arguably the hottest show New Japan's year to promote Talk and Shopper Mania. Right. When they did that on the mic, I was like, you fuckers. Thankfully, <laughs> 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 the mic cut out. So there was that. L- but, uh, let, me say, let me say right now, can, can I speak for you on this, Joel? Uh, we are not yes. going to have anyone talking about Russell Talk Mania again. On, on our <laughs> podcast, all right? I don't care talking who you are. Talking Shopper Mania, get it you right. Know, my, yeah, my There's bad. Some respect on the Talking Shopper Mania name. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Uh, yeah, we will not have anyone. So, any, it, like, when, when, the, when the rounds go around of asking if we're going to politely decline that offer, let it be known publicly. So, uh, the, afterwards, we got Grizz of Destiny coming out to start some beef with uh, the Good Brothers, another sort of intra-Bullet Club feud going on. It's not for me. Um, I have yet to meet any people who are excited by this, but I'm sure there are plenty of them out there. So I think it's a feud. You have to do it. You can't not do Good Brothers versus G.O.D. And I'm sure it will probably do good business for New Japan. So I I don't have any complaints about them running that feud. Uh, I think it would be sort of negligent to not do it, even if it isn't to my taste. The question is, is that a feud that's going to, trickle its way through to Japan and, and get involved with the IWGP heavyweight tag titles. Personally, I hope not, but we'll see. I mean, if this is a, a few days self-contained within the US, then <laughs> all, the, all the better for me. Uh, Flynn says, also now is it okay to do a shameless plug for outside crap after a match? Will this open the floodgates? I'm looking forward to Osprey doing a Manscaped read after beating Ricardo <laughs> at the Dome. Uh, <laughs> that is not my question. And Elliot says, why are the good brothers the very definition of mediocrity? That is my question. Ah. Uh. Well, look, uh, they were always punching bags from, again, day one. Never a fan. Never will be a fan. Uh, Yep. But you are right. They have to do this. They would be dumb to not do this, especially in the States. Like, like you know, the Bullet Club wearing T-shirt, 
bring my wrestling belt to a wrestling show fan, uh, they got a boner. Right? They got a boner. And I say a boner because there are no girls that would that are into this at all. They're like, oh, uh, yeah. So uh, look, what do you, what do you? They had to do it. They have to do it. Um, and and uh, I'm not offended by the fact that they're going to do it in the states because it just makes sense. Um, this is this is this is the place you do something like that. Um, and the matches will be horrible. <laughs> But but again, you have to do it. So we had uh, prior to this match, Will Osprey making a surprise appearance. He turns up, he announced that he's medically cleared, uh, declares himself the real champion, says he's not going to be in the G1 Climax. He's still got his title belt. He says he's going to stick around and strong. He's going to take on any challenges from any promotion and antagonizes Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors, and TJP, and then runs away, and then seemingly, according to his Twitter photo, set off his own fireworks display in the, the next door stadium, which I thought was great. Um, I mean, doing the I'm the real champion storyline, that's an absolute open goal. You have to do it. I mean, as cliche as it is, you can't not run that story. It is it is a ready-made, good-to-go storyline for your title. So I think n- no issues with that whatsoever. And... I saw a lot of hate for this promo. You know, Why? Because people are entitled to their opinions. I thought it was fantastic. I thought, I thought it was, it was unbelievable. It's done. I mean, give me this me any day of the week over the fucking nonsense he was doing with B Priestley and Ibushi. Yeah. Like here, he was channel- channeling pure, you know, like Conor McGregor dickheadishness. And I thought it was tremendous. I was really entertained by this. Me too. What, 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 why would anybody, who hated this? Why would anybody hate this? Uh, I, I don't want to speak for people, but... Maybe people who are predisposed to disliking Will Ospreay uh, are okay. more inclined to dislike everything he does. But you know, I'm sure people disliked it on its own merits. But personally, I thought it was a, a tremendous promo. I love this. It made me really too. excited. Yep, I thought it was fucking great. He was a fucking prick. What a prick! And again. I mean, let's 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 venture off a different path a little bit, and we'll get back on this path. The fact that he's not going to be in G one, Joel. That's um, and he's medically cleared to you know if, you know if, if he's ready to go. How does how are you feeling about G one? I mean, we have arguably. The 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 a guy who at the very least a guy who every night is going to give you a chef's kiss fantastic match. And now he's out of the equation. And again, whether that's the company, whether that's him, whether that's COVID, whether it's New Japan's handling of COVID, whether it's Japan's handling of COVID, whatever the reason, he's out and he's medically cleared. And I would say he's he is a major player, along with a few others, that aren't in this year's G1. How are you feeling about that? I do have some notes on G1 and some questions about that to come up later. But oh, so we'll come back with that if that's okay. But I, it does feel cold. It feels it colder feel cold. compared to what's going on in the States right now. And that's amazing, isn't it? Like, we're talking about... All right, well, and again, we'll get there. But that, like... 
the idea of a guy like him not in G1 and he's able to work. <sighs> boy, oh boy, what a fucked up year. What a fucked up two years. But okay, <clears throat> let's see where this goes. Um, anyway, Will, I thought the promo was great. The idea of the fucking fireworks for his return is great. Again, the un, you know, he didn't lose the belt. He's gonna, he's got his own belt now. I'm all in on this one. I really it's Kenny Powers, it was wasn't it? Kenny Powers with his uh, yeah. fireworks display. <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, to me, it was his best promo uh, since his heel turn, really. And again, he was able to. He was Conor McGregor is a great. Great, you know, great comparison. That 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 is a great comparison because that that's what. Now that you mentioned it, that's that's what I'm feeling. So excellent. I thought it was excellent all the way around. And again, if you if you're not you know you can't stomach Will, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But to me, that was that was fantastic. So let's just touch on the implications for this with Osprey calling himself the champion. So Steele O'Neill says, isn't it great that they finally split the world title just like we all wanted? Well, kind of. Pull one out for the record keepers trying to make sense of the difference between Osprey and Shingo's defenses. Though the double gold dash idea floating around is exciting. And Andrew says, if the two belts angle is going to going the way we're predicting, is Ghetto capable of booking a two night Wrestle Kingdom without doing some variant of the double gold dash? And that is my real question. So <laughs> yeah, it looks like this is where we're heading. I, I think we will get... Shingo defending yeah. his title against the G1 winner on night one, and then Osprey probably wrestling Okada because that makes sense. You know, Osprey wants to get his win back from Wrestle Kingdom, and that was the match that was uh, they they pulled the plug on oh, yeah. uh, after Osprey got hurt for I believe it was Wrestle Grand Slam. So you know, if I had to pick someone, I would say Naito. So maybe Naito wins the G1. Naito Shingo night one, Osprey Okada, and then the winners go on to face each other on night two. I would love to see Naito Osprey night two. I suspect it's going to be Shingo Osprey night two, especially if it's restricted attendance. I think that's a match you can go back to and, you know, finally settle the score between them. Who's the real world champion. Uh, do you agree? Do you think this is the direction we're going in? I think we're definitely getting double, double domes. Again, I, once they did one of them, you know, how do you go back? Oh, we're just doing one. Oh, okay. Why? You know, we're going to do two, especially now. Right? Trust me, if they could do 12 nights in a row, they will. They would at this point. They would They would do that one match a night. Uh, everything goes two-hour draws. But yeah, I think uh, the way that it looks now, and again, we're in September right around the corner, which means you only got a handful of months. It feels like an eternity, but it's not. It's going to go very quickly. Yeah, I think we're doing double domes, and 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 the scenario that you laid out, I don't see any bumps in the road on that. I think that's I think that's pretty. That's a pretty solid way to get there. So yeah, I think two nights at the dome, double champs. Yeah, fighting night two for for the true crown. Yeah, I think it's what we're looking at. And a little piece of news popped up on the time this morning from Andrew Zarian. The, uh, he covers pro wrestling at The Observer. Uh, is that The Observer? And the Matt Men podcast. Yes, it is The Observer. Uh, so he says that Daniel Bryan really wants to work with Will Ospreay and it's a really big thing for him. So hopefully something we got to look forward to. In you know, the we haven't even mentioned all that. I mean, yeah. the possibilities that are there. I mean, we're talking about that, but who knows? I mean, 
I mean, all the talk about that, Joel, is you know one of the big reasons of of him wanting to even partner up with New Japan is, or excuse me, AEW is the idea of working in a New Japan ring. I mean, that the idea of him returning again, it Punk as well. I mean, that's the, uh, all right. Let's put it this way: maybe for a big show like the Dome, they would. Do you see him, Daniel Bryan? Brian Daniel? Brian Danielson? Traveling to the Tokyo Dome? This year? Yeah. I don't. No. I don't see it. No. Do you see CM Punk? No. I definitely don't. Right. I definitely don't. And here's I want to see CM Punk doing like a, a strong taping, empty arena. <laughs> I want to see stuff like, you know, Mysterioso, uh, Bateman and uh, Barrett Brown defeating the team of uh, Jordan CM Clearwater, CM Punk. <laughs> that would be fucking great. Yeah, I don't see. I mean, it, it, look, it's exciting times in pro wrestling, but well, let me let me pause for a second. You're a fan of, of, of CM Punk? I was uh, back in the day. Okay. I feel you know the hype with him is for the character and the promos rather than the in-ring stuff. I'm curious about the in-ring stuff. Like I'm more curious. I think he could probably still go. I mean, and yeah, I mean, for a long time, I was a massive CM Punk fan. So yeah, I'm down with that. Uh, D. Bry, down with the D. Bry. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, could be an exciting, could be an exciting time here. Do you think? And I know I'm throwing you five thousand questions at once, but let's do it. Do you think you will see your boy D. Bry in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring in the, the country of Japan in the calendar year 2021? No, I will say 2022. 2022. Yes. Okay, I'm with you there. All right, so we got a lot to look forward to. All right, so then maybe we can do a little, uh, you know, what you planned out before, and we, we put that on the back burner. And f- hopefully, COVID has cleared up. I know we've said that a trillion times. Fans get back, big gate. That's 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 that sounds sexy to me, right? All right. The fifth match on Resurgence was Tomohiro Ishii defeating Moose in 60 minutes, seven seconds of the vertical drop, brain buster. Uh, I love the fact that Ishii brought his never six man belt over with him to the USA. No, He's got respect. This is, you know, the top championship in New Japan. He's got to represent. Uh, this was my favorite match of the night. I thought it was great. It was, it was very noisy, just screaming at each other, very violent, you know, big chops, big moves, ton of fun. Um, I, I just enjoy moose the, the way he moves like I, he's kind of like bambi on roller skates he's sort of a very clumsy athleticism in him, which in, in a good way it's very endearing uh, right. and i thought this match was great it was uh and and this is something that john carroll pointed out that sending ishii to the states is just an absolute slam dunk because the fans love him and he just looked like he was having a great time out there really energized working in front of a noisy crowd again and yeah moose is really impressive too i hope we get to see more from him i fucking love moose to me, again, I told the story about me talking to him and the money that he was making for, at uh, Impact. That being said, oh, boy, did, did, did we miss the boat on Moose. He, I love him. I think he, like, to me, he's one of my favorite big guy wrestlers. Love him. And, and him and Ishii. 
I think they have a nice little chemistry. I think they have a nice little chemistry. I, look, I don't know what's going on in Impact. I don't know what his contract is. But Moose on Strong, I would fucking love. And I think he's probably one of the most underrated guys, under-the-radar guys, is Moose. Fucking, there's something there that people just haven't tapped into. And again, I get the money and impact, and I get, you know, how do you turn it down? All right, fine, whatever. But the fact that there has been, you know, three years, three solid years, where he has been under the radar. Boy, I'll tell you, Strong would be nice. Strong would be nice. You know what I would love to see? I'd like to see uh I'd like to see a nice little run for Moose in Strong. That's what I would like. We got an announcement for a big show in San Jose, uh, in the Valley on November 13th, uh, featuring names such as John Moxley and Ishii and others. And I did notice, Damon, in this video package, they did feature Shingo Takagi mm-hmm. and Kazuchika Okada. So how confident are you that those two names are going to be appearing in San Jose in November? Well, funny you should say that. Uh, my wife is uh, knocking on my office door right now on dinner. It's, you know, we're, we're, we flipped the – I had my beer, another full oh, – thank you, dear, another full glass. Uh, oddly enough, delicious pastrami sandwich sitting in front of me here. <laughs> It's fantastic. What a coincidence, Joel. That yum, a, yum, yum. A super J-class favorite. Oh, she really knows how to how – to, the made of a man's heart is through a pastrami sandwich. So, look, uh, if I'm in the San Jose area, uh, I would be thrilled at the idea of seeing uh, those people that you mentioned that are featured on a video package where we have not been wrong before. Um. Yeah, I think uh, I think I feel pretty good about saying that. Uh, they're going pastrami sandwich, right? Pastrami sandwich. And we also got an announcement that they're going to be doing a, a show called Detonation in Riverside, California. So oh yes, again, if I was in the area, I would definitely be buying a ticket for those. So if you can make it happen. You won't regret it. Let's just put it like that. Uh, okay, our fourth match was Juice Robinson defeating Hikaleo in nine minutes with a victory roll. Mm. I mean, we talked about Juice last week. I feel like he's hit his ceiling in New Japan. And dare I say, maybe on his way out of the company. Who knows? Uh, hey, guys, it's me, JM, says, is if Hikaleo is going to be a thing in New Japan, at what point does he need to start having good matches? Well, I mean, I think the matches are fine. He needs to start winning some matches because you, you, know, you can see that they're keen on him and he's getting a lot of feuds uh fairly high profile singles feuds but they're following a similar pattern where he like he will lose the, a tournament match or a title match but then have a gimmick match afterwards and, and get his win back so i suspect mm-hmm. that's the direction we're going with you Robinson. i haven't looked i don't want to see the spoilers from the the strong tapings despite damon <laughs> sending them to I me in the them to every time i see a, 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 an image sent for me i get excited because like oh you know is this going to be a scoop is this something bigger then i clicked it and i saw what it was i was like no <laughs> I, but, okay but, like, I, I know you don't want them. I think I think they're important. I think they're important. I don't want, do I, think, but I don't want you to do anything you don't want to do. I don't want you to do anything you don't want to do. Um, this is a tricky one. This is a tricky one. 
I don't because you know our listeners might not want to hear. Well, we'll say spoilers. If you look, if you want to read it, you got to commit to the bit, right? So if you if you pop open your phone and you look at that image that I sent to you, and here's the thing, it's out, it's out there. So it's not like we're breaking any news here, right? This was on a site in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOWnet. Arenaclub.com slash VOWnet for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. That people are well known pro wrestling site, right? So it's out there. So it's not like we're totally spoiling here because they already fucking spoiled it. That could be because, because truth be told, uh, I saw it and was spoiled. My bad. Uh, but uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, don't open it. But let me just tell you, and again, I'm not spoiling anything. Strong tapings is fucking good. You're gonna, you're gonna fucking love it. <laughs> you're gonna love it. Yeah, I don't know. You, Joel Abraham is going, let me let me repeat this. Joel Abraham is going to fucking love Strong 
I would. I, I can't wait for these tapings. I cannot wait to see them. See, I, I want to give myself something to look forward to, something to be excited about. So okay. I'm going to try to avoid them. I, I will probably fail. If I do fail, we'll come back and discuss them on the show. Okay. Deal? Fair enough. But uh, again, it's not like we are spoiling it. Yes. it would, the, the, this news is out there. So yes. just be careful. It's out there. Um, if you if, if if you are listening to this right now, uh, you you can find it. It's out there. I won't. We won't talk about it here right now for Joel's excitement level. Joel, I'm just going to go on the record. You will love it. I can't wait. I'm excited. Uh, what about Juice versus Hikaleo? Did that excite you? No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, but again, I think you're right in the sense that wins matter. Like, and people's perception of people matter. And it, and he does need to pick up wins. And um, and you're right. The pattern on him is lose these type of matches and then get that revenge win in some type of stip match. Um, I don't know. Maybe we see that. Uh, maybe we see that r- pretty soon down the road. Let's put it that way. Uh, maybe that happens. Then my well, what was very close to being my favorite match of the night? The third match, the ten man tag team match where we had Leo Rush, Chris Dickinson, Fred J. High, Yuya Uemura, and Adrian Quest defeating Team Filthy, Tom Lawler, Jar Kratos, Danny Limelight, Jerome Nelson, and Royce Isaacs with Yuya Uemura of all people getting the pin over Danny Limelight with his mm. deadbolt suplex. This this was my main event, Damon. This Love it, it, This match may end up as my number 10 match, the, the vanity pick. Wow. Everyone's going to laugh, but I, <laughs> really? I'm not apologizing that. I thought this is great. It ruled. It was all my favorite guys from Strong. All the ingredients that I like to see in uh, a multi-man tag team match. Just, again, like I said last week, these are the hungry guys who've got a point to prove. And, a good, you know, they each guy may only get about two minutes in the ring, but by God, they are going to make the, the most of that two minutes. Uh, yeah, and, and I touched on it earlier on in this podcast. It was like this, this match was the cure for the current New Japan Malays in a nutshell. Like, just imagine how much sending a bunch of these guys over to Japan would freshen up the domestic roster. Like, imagine Team Filthy invading yeah. a, a Korakuen show and just beating up all the geeks and, and sending them home. I thought Jao Kratos looked particularly great out there. I think they, they did structure the match to make him look good. And he's a guy who's so, so impressive. He's worked incredibly hard. He's improved a ton and really looked great over the last year. And I think he deserves a shot in Japan where things open up. And just, I was thrilled to see Yuya getting a pin, delivering his promo in English. We even had Hiromu saying, holy shit, in English. Yeah. This was great stuff. I loved it. How about the Shibata and him coming into the ring, giving him the dojo t-shirt. And says, "What did he say? Like, come with me." And 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 he put on that T-shirt, and they left together. That was a moment. I was on fire. <laughs> I I was so pumped because guess what? We saw the guy who's headlining headlining the Tokyo Dome in five years in a magic moment. I I I got goosebumps, and I don't get goosebumps. I got the goosebumps uh, on that one. That was fantastic. Yep, and I think you said it before. There's no doubt. You know, there's a reason why he got the win. There's a reason because he is he is earmarked for greatness in that promotion, and this was a nice little stepping stone bridge. He's a dojo guy now. And he's under Shibata's wing. And here we go. 
fantastic stuff. Uh, prior to this, there was a big thank you video. I was expecting something hype because when they started <laughs> talking, the when, when they were going like, oh, New Japan appeared at Madison Square Garden. I was right. like, oh, it's here we go. And talking about working together with other promotions. like, holy shit, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. I was yeah. expecting, you know, New Japan, AEW, Impact, back to the garden. But it was just a thank you video. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the thank you. I, I would have liked a name check because I assume they're thanking me specifically for mm. <laughs> okay, I agree. You you are a you are the uh, the the leader of the new Japan strong. I listen, there are plenty of people jumping on the bandwagon now, Joel. But let's be truthful. You were the con- and still are the conductor of that strong train. And they, I'm gonna I'm gonna lie. Name me another podcast that was talking about strong as much as we were. Let me take that back. As much as you were, right? Name me another show. Name me another uh, blog, website, fucking Tumblr. I don't give a shit. Name it. And then everybody started hopping on board, right, Joel? Everybody started getting interested, right? We'll leave that train. We are the conductors. We are the conductors. And that thank you was for us. I know that for a fact. I believe that in my heart. <laughs> but well, yeah, that's your... Welcome aboard to my train. <laughs> Happy to have you. I can't wait to, to pull a train on you, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so our second match was a six-man tag match with Renarita Clark Connors, TJP, defeating Rocky Romero, Fred Rosser, Wheeler, Utah. 11 minutes, 19 seconds. Clark Connors pinning Rocky after the, the trophy cure and Mamba Splash from TJP. So again, just everything I like about Strong. Great mix of dojo lads young up-and-coming talent and the the experienced veterans working hard putting on a great show and again it's Clark Connors taking the pin note that down because that means something yeah these guys are going to be that second level of of New Japan Strong that people are going to latch on to very quickly um and and you'll see that um again Jay White Osprey you know big names you know cornerstones of the promotion but then you have these guys that are going to be used as, you know, secondary. And I say that with no disrespect. You know what I mean? Like, eventually, they're going to be top guys. But what a roster, right? And all these guys picking up big wins on a big show, on their big show. Uh, yeah, it all means something. Everything meant something. That's what I loved about this show. And everything, dare I say, I mean, listen, some guys winning, some guys losing. Okay, whatever. To me, I don't think they missed a beat. They they hit everything. They the the check marks were next to everything that needed to happen. A just a wonderful pro wrestling show, and then even the opener was was pretty fantastic, and it set the pace for the entire night. Yeah, so uh, Carl Fredericks beat Alex Coggin in ten minutes forty eight seconds with the MD. Yeah, these guys beat the piss out of each other as as we expected. But again, I just I, I don't know if this is a hot take. I'm, st- I still, I'm very keen on Carl Fredericks, but I think Alex Coglin has more upside. He excites me a lot more than Carl does. I like them both. And I think both of them will be like like major players in the promotion. Um, nah, I mean, I like, I like them all. I don't think there's a guy that I'm like, eh, fuck that guy. Like, name me a guy on strong. I, I can't. And I'm not just saying that. Like, there's not a guy on strong where I'm like, eh, fuck that guy. And, you know, there are guys that were honestly, I mean, Fred Rosser, 
you think three years ago you were on, you know what I mean? Like you could easily just be like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, when I saw his name popping up, appearing for the first time on Strong, I was like, oh, God, here right. we go. You know, this is going to be like the retirement home for, for guys who didn't make it in WWE. But I was totally wrong about that. Uh, and, you yeah. know, it's credit to them. I can't think of many names who started off on Strong who either are not there anymore or are working in bigger companies now, which yeah. I think speaks volumes for their eye for talent that they weren't, you know, they didn't pick up any old rubbish to start with. They were very thoughtful and they picked up guys who a lot of other companies passed on. But, uh, you know, I, I don't see it with this guy and who've turned out to actually be really good. I love the roster. I think, yeah. Yeah. They, they were selective in who they wanted. Um, they have a real good mix. Everybody, ev- everyone feels unique in, in their own way. You have your big guys, you have your high flyers, you have, you know, everybody's kind of has the role. What a fucking, what, who would have thought two years ago that we'd be sitting here talking about a U.S. based promotion that I can't get enough of right now. I cannot get enough. And and I'm I'm super excited for this is this is this is the dream that we had when even when they started talking about a fucking LA dojo and there was you know the jokes of the California territory. But we got ourselves a legitimate show here that that rivals and can rival some of the some of the some of the, the big time US promotions here when it comes to fan interest. When it comes to product, when it comes to excitement, and when it comes to must-see television, I'm fucking all in on this, man. You you nailed it. And listen, they got some good breaks along the way, and and and, and they they made good moves too. They made good moves. They made smart moves. But yeah, you were you you nailed it, man. You fucking nailed it. Victory lap for me. I mean, this whole show was just one massive... It really is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff says, Alex Kozlov takes a lot of heat, but he had a great point during the researchers' broadcast. Quote, it's hard to breathe when you can't breathe. Could you expand on that? That is my question. Uh, no, I can't expand on that because I was listening to the Japanese poetry. <laughs> uh, one other thing I want to say, touch on for Strong, is that uh, on this Friday's episode, we're going to be having uh, Daniel Garcia making an appearance who I, I quote the best young wrestler on the North American Indies from, um, I think it was Mike Spears. who said that he's, there seems to be one person that everyone university, when I asked in the slack, what do you think of Daniel Garcia? Everyone was saying like, he's a, a you know, bona fide nailed on future star. So okay. I would definitely check out strong this week. I hope he makes more uh, new Japan appearances. I suspect he's going to be AW bound, but a person who there's a, a lot of buzz behind the name, Daniel Garcia. Okay. Uh, trained by Voices Wrestling's very own Brandon Thurston. Is that right? Daniel Garcia. All right. I'm doing a Google right search right now, by the way. Where can I see Daniel Russell? Daniel Garcia, wrestler. Uh, so for this week's Strong, let me just check this schedule. 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 Uh, Summer Strong USA. Uh, so this week we've got Alex Coglin versus Matt Morris, uh, Drum uh-huh. King Matt, the guy who's formerly Aiden English. Uh, TJP Renarita Clark Corners against Fred J. High, Fred Rosser, and Daniel Garcia. So that's where he will be appearing. And then Chris Dickinson and Brody King against Royce Isaacs and Jarrell Nelson in the main event. So, I mean, that one is is going to be behind closed doors. That was already taped. But I'm looking forward to seeing Daniel Garcia in action. And that main event looks tasty as well. Uh, you know, I'm looking at, I just decided to pop cage match. 
he was just recently, I think last weekend. Listen to this. So Williamstown, New Jersey is probably like a 30-minute drive, 20-minute drive at best, you know? So it's close to my house. I, I, I had no idea what this fucking, I had no idea the show. Uh, this is IWTV Independent Wrestling World Title Match, August 8th, 2021. Daniel Garcia, Wheeler, Utah, a 60-minute time limit draw. Oh. Huh. That was last weekend. And I'm looking through, again, plenty of uh, AEW stuff. Yep. Darby Allin, Eddie Kingston, Moxley. Um, yeah, he's okay. Aggression. Um, yeah, sorry, that match, the, the, our draw with Wheeler Utah, it's got very high rating, 8.67 score on cage match so far, as an indicator. So, Fuck. I don't know if I can commit an hour to that because I'm a yeah. relatively busy man, but hmm. Eyebrow, uh, raising my eyebrow. In I'm a good raising way. my eyebrow. I, my eyebrow is raised. That, I can't believe that was a fucking 20 minutes from my house. Uh, I, I'm, uh, fuck. I probably wouldn't have gone anyway. I don't like leaving the house. <sighs> but, and all right. I'm excited. Let's, let's fucking, let's get in on the uh, Daniel Garcia training wagon. Why don't we? Let's do it. All right, so a few questions here. In-ring answers, do you feel like all this U.S. expansion is watering the product down and possibly hurting the domestic product? Um, MGC Universes, what's your opinion on the coming New Japan being very interlocked with American wrestling promotions? Will Japanese audiences watch AEW and Impact keep up with the storylines being tied to those promotions? And what are your general thoughts on AEW as of now? So, I mean, I would say to, to the first question, no, it's not watering it down at all. It's I think it's enhancing it and giving yep. something exciting to look forward to on the horizon. When you know, fingers crossed, things open up. We've got so many exciting possibilities of, of meshing those two rosters together because they do feel like two separate products at the moment. They do, um, but I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I like having these two sort of things I can sort of dip in and out of under the New Japan umbrella, and just the prospect of having those clash in the future is absolutely thrilling to me. Um, as far as Japanese audiences watching AW and Impact, they don't need to because they put all those matches up on World. You know, I'm not watching Dynamite or, or Impact, but any prominent matches that involve New Japan talent pop up on New Japan World pretty quickly after the fact. So I don't think that's a problem, personally. Right. From a New Japan perspective, you'll get those eventually, right? And trust me, it's not like, you know, it's not, it's not like a person living in Japan has no idea how to find a pro wrestling match that they're interested in online. You know what I mean? Um, if they hear it's good, they're, they'll find it. So don't don't worry about that. Um, I like, I, listen, I know that there's a lot of people that hand wave AEW. Uh, everything that I've seen, I've liked. I really do. It feels like, so hot at the moment, doesn't it? Especially with all the rumors about Punk and Danielson yeah. coming in. And, you know, I don't watch it because I don't have access to it, but... It sounds like it's really, really kicking off at the moment. Yeah, I got. I, I'm truthful when I say I got zero product problem with the product. Zero. I think it's a. I mean, for a weekly television show, jam packed arena, really great matches from what I've seen. Even you know the the big events I've seen. I got no problem with it, man. I think it's. I think it's a solid pro wrestling show, and it's it's, a, it's fucking light years. 
better than than the alternative. Let's put it that way. Light years. Ah, I think it's good. So let's talk about the events going on in Japan at the moment with the Super Junior Tag League. We finally had the breakup of Pocky yeah. 3K. So show looked like he was going to make the save for Yo, who was in uh, caught in a submission hold by El Desperado. And then he did nothing and he stepped outside of the ring and he gestured to Suzuki Gun and said, yeah, go and finish him off. Do, do your business, do your worst. And then he attacked Show after the match, hit him with a shock arrow. Damon, your thoughts? About the fucking time. Yeah, everything t- Everything felt like it, it was uh, well past <laughs> its due date. Uh, we were all waiting for this to happen. We all kind of saw the handwriting on the wall, especially with them uh, going over, uh, as we saw, um, and the idea of Yo being the weak link in the team. We, uh, well, we've been calling for it for a while. It it was time to, to to put it to rest, and the angle itself was just as long and excruciating as the actual turn was, as, as long as us waiting for the actual turn. It felt like I was like, "Will you do something? Will you turn on the fucking guy, please?" Just, he had that weird look on his face, didn't he? That whole time, it was just like that. Smirky. Yeah, Manabu said that he looked like a psychopath, and. I kind of agree. He, he, yeah, it was very unnerving, unsettling. So yeah. I'm just going to let you talk about this for a while because I'm sitting in here and my phone, uh, the Bluetooth, is, has just gone off to say that my Bluetooth earbuds have been connected, which I don't have with me at the moment, which means Esther's playing with them. Oh, shit. <laughs> which okay, means one about to go missing. So I'm going to run right. while you talk about this. <laughs> All right. Like, I can handle that. We can, uh, we can uh, do that. Um, again, not to beat a dead horse, but we've, we have talked about this forever. It's about time. Um, for me though, there are a lot of people out there that love yo and think yo is the, is the, uh, cornerstone of the team, not show. And the way that yo is being presented, uh, he is presented as the boob here, uh, taking many of the pinfalls, Taking many of the submission losses, uh, getting his ass handed to him, uh, being presented as the weak link. Uh, he's going to have to get some wins, right? He's what do you have- think is next for you? That's what I'm saying. After this feud, what do you do with him? Like he has to be put in a very strong position. Pardon the pun. Huh? Get it? Okay, well, let, let me throw this at you. Sorry, uh, I'm just going down my questions here. There was one from Classic Catch on the Discord who says, since Naito seems to make all of his proteges join LIJ, why has Yo never joined? Um, there is a big uh, Twitter thread explaining the story behind this, which uh, I'm not going to read, but uh, I think that might be a smart move. I think if you paired up Yo and Bushi and made them uh, a junior tag team, what would you say to that? I don't have a problem with it, but how do we get from point A to point B? So show is the heel in this. Turns on Yo. Yo is the baby face. Are we going to Los Ingobernables? Which is a are they baby faces? Is this a baby face yes. team we're looking at? Okay. Yes. We're confirming that is a baby. Okay. Well, I mean there was always that I wouldn't say tension when Yo was a young lion, right? And before excursion and Seemed like Naito had a, a special bond, we'll call it. So that's 
they have to do my point is this they have to do something with him because if he goes to the end of this feud without looking strong and having some shine put back on him that's he's going to be a master Watto real fucking quick right oh we can do the yo master Watto team there we go Jesus that is not what we're looking for here (laughs) this is what we're trying to help this guy we're not trying to Imagine that fucking tag team. I was saying while you were away that um, a lot of people think Yo is the stronger half of that tag team, you know. A lot of people. And uh, I think it's interesting. Me personally, I'm a show guy, not a Yo guy. I'm a shower, not a yower. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, Frankie says, over under on show getting a push and appearing in the G1 and best of super juniors this year. Um, This is interesting about show because, again, I was chatting to Manabu and he seems pretty confident that show could be a big star in the heavyweight singles division. So what do you think happens to show? Do you think he sticks around as a junior? Does the junior division need him? Or can we make him a heavyweight, you know, plug him into the G1 this year? I would have no problem with that. The problem, I think, is the promotion. Does the promotion think he's a heavyweight? You can put on all the muscle you want. You can't grow four inches. That's the biggest challenge. He's just a small-looking guy. Now, he was a New Japan Cup. He didn't miss a fucking beat, right? When he was challenging he's got a win for the over Shingo. Let's yeah. point that out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't. He didn't look like he missed a beat. But the biggest knock on him is that that he's not, you know. Heavyweight size. I would love to see him as a heavyweight. I didn't have any complaints. Now, if if we're talking about him being a star, not for nothing. I always said Show was the guy that I was that I was looking forward to him taking next level jumps. Right? I'm always a big fan. Here's what they really need. They need this feud to be really good. Like this has to this has to produce some really fucking good matches cuz cuz I really feel like both of these guys need the the Godzilla versus King Kong spaceship flying on their chest to resuscitate them. That's what they need. How about that callback spot, huh? Not bad. Um that's what they need. Both of them. So they need to set the world on fire with these this fucking feud and then after they got a little bit of fire underneath them, sure. Yo, Los Ingo Bernabalos, you want, uh, or yo, you, you want show to be a heavyweight? I got no problem with that. We can get some lifts in his fucking boots. Boop, away we go. Chuck Sizzlebeef says, splitting Rapongi 3K, what does this mean for the junior tag division moving forwards? Uh, um, I mean, just, yeah, it's, it's, it's an afterthought, isn't it, the junior tag division? Nobody is thinking about that. No, I mean, uh, yeah, it's 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 crickets, man. Crickets. Uh, the, that is one that is one thing that is taking a little bit of a beating during our COVID night. No, no, you're gonna get you're gonna get fucking El Desperado. No, no, El Desperado. You're gonna get well, yeah, you're gonna get El Desperado, and you're gonna get Kanemaru. You're gonna get ELP and, and Ishimori again, again. Yes. I mean, who else we got? What else are we gonna do? Master Watto is Master Watto. Master Watto is a junior, right? How about yes, Master? Yes. How about Master Watto to Gooch? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I'll come on to them 
We'll, we'll come on to that. I want to stick with probably 3K, actually, for oh, the moment. Right. Uh, Chuck says, we'll be, I don't know, I just asked that question. Uh, Belki says, with Tag Team Ending, what were the best or uh, most memorable matches Shonyo had as a package? I mean, for me, it's hard to look past the, the series they had with the Young Bucks in 2018. I thought that was fantastic. They've had some really good matches with Kanemaru and Desperado over the years as well. I, I, there's not one that I can say, yes, that is the best one, though. That is the most memorable one. That's the problem with Rapongi 3K. They're never bad. There's, uh, the, the floor is high for them. But in terms of memorable moments, there aren't that many that spring to mind. Could I you know, tell you the difference between any of their Super Junior Tag League wins? No, I couldn't. They was kind of mushed into one in my memory. Yeah. They probably had better six-man tags with a with a random heavyweight partner. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean all the teams that they've they've had mini feuds with, they're all good. They're all. I mean, nobody's knocking them as a bad tag. No, by no stretch of imagination are they a bad tag team. They just they've been around the block a few times. And you're right. There isn't really something where I would be like, ah, yeah. Like, like you can have an argument. I mean, this is a, maybe a bad argument to to have, but you, I mean, you can go through the the roster and be like, okay, it's easy for certain guys where you can pick out their best top ten matches or whatever, and it's a personal choice. But it's not. Yeah, it's like okay, yes, they had a great feud with Kanemaru and Desperado. Yes, they've had Young Bucks feud. Yes, they've had. Um, I mean, who else? I mean, who else? Shingo and Bushi. Or was it Bushi and Hiromi? <laughs> I think I think they've had good yeah, matches in both, actually. Yeah, yeah, those were great. Eh, great, they're good. They're very good. Ah, I think I think I think everyone's excited to 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 see what else we got in in, in store for those two. Let's put it that way. We've been waiting. We've been we've been we've been craving it for years. Angie says, if you had to run a bad podcast, which of you would be the show and which would be the yo in the dissolution of the Super J cast? And that is my question. You know, what do you I was mean, thinking, if, what do you mean if run a bad podcast? <laughs> when I was watching uh, the, the, the turn, that moment where show is standing ringside and just sort of gesturing towards Kanemaru and Desperado. I'm like, yeah, no, you go get on with it, beat him up. <laughs> that made me think of me letting you tell your jokes and <laughs> not saying anything. <laughs> Me, me dying on a vine. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll be the yo. I don't give a fuck. Yo, yo's on the no, I'm a mutually assured destruction. We both just uh, go out in a, uh, <laughs> a blaze of glory. Right, right. We're both Rocky Romero. <laughs> both throwing ourselves through the barbershop window. Yep. yep. Um, so, so let's cycle back to the... Uh, Super Junior Tag League. Sorry, Esther's in the room with me now. She's throwing uh-huh. sanitary towels at me. So well, of course. <laughs> I'm distracted. They grow up so fast these days. Uh, yesterday, I just want to talk about the main event. So the Super Junior Tag League came down to Kanemaru Desperado and El Fantasma and Taiji Ishimori. Yeah. And it was Kanemaru and Desperado who got the win and defeated the tag champions. 21 minutes, four seconds. And it was Kanemaru who got the win. He got a schoolboy on Taiji Ishimori. Very creative finish. I liked it. They, they sort of mucked around with the, who was the legal man, which made me laugh because as if the legal man has ever meant a fucking right. thing in New <laughs> Japan tag title matches. But there you go. That's, that's what they ran with. And I thought it was a nice moment for Kanemaru who, you know, pure baby face now, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, just like we all predicted. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good match. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I thought the, the two teams had good chemistry and... I 
see we're, we're going to be getting an upcoming challenge from um, Panama and Desperado, but I don't think they're going to win. I think Ishimori and ELP are going to keep the titles because they're going to the US soon, and so is Taguchi. So what I see in store for the future is um, Ishimori ELP feuding with the mega coaches, Rocky and Taguchi, stateside yeah. over those junior tag titles. Again, all, all the talents coming over here. They, they know they know where it's at. Um, I don't know if I'm excited about that, Joe. I'm going to be truthful. I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's going to make uh, ticket sales jump. But uh, I, I know, but the mega coaches are good. I think they're a really good tag team, Rocky and Taguchi, and very underrated. Yeah. <laughs> you excited for that? Um, I mean, it's look. Here's the thing. It's different. It's at least it's. We've seen it before, but in short spurts, right? I think we can all stomach a little bit more to Gooch and Rocky, right? Well, you got no fucking choice because <laughs> that's what we got. So uh, that's it. I mean, that. I mean, seriously, think about that. That's that's where we are with this when it comes to um, when we come to the June. I'm, I'm getting this message here. Oh my lord, guys, gals. People, I just got the cutest picture. Joel, baby Esther sitting on his lap. Oh, look at that. She's playing cute... with the, the microphone. Yeah, the, sorry, the, the headphones cord. She's having a great time with that. Uh, I, I did something about you, Joel. You wear, you wear a lot of tie-dye. Uh, this like tie-dye, tie-dye shirt was sent from my sister from New Zealand. Oh. I have trouble throwing away T-shirts. I don't like to throw them away. Because... Yeah. They have sentimental value for me. <laughs> I like the way she looks at the, the camera. Like, what the fuck is in your hand? That is good stuff. She's adorable. My God. Oh, yeah. I know. L- listen. Oh, we're getting Esther run-ins. First it was Scampi, then Gutti, and now it's Esther. It's all you, man. I, 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 run a, I run a professional shop in this house. I'm like, you don't say a fucking word. <laughs> so, okay, so that's where the turn's going to come. You're, you're going to attack me for all of my unprofessionalism. And <laughs> animals and kids and wives doing run-ins. Uh, there you go. Uh, Spannerhead says, if Suzuki Goon regain the titles, do you see the Flying Tigers being the first champ? Just would be nice to see Tiger Mask get potentially one last title match. That is my question. I'd he like to see bad. it. He's yeah. been really good. So like, yeah. like my general thoughts on the tag league, I think is again it's surprisingly high floor. Everything's been good. I think everyone's worked really hard. None of the matches have been bad actually. Watto's been good, and yeah, Tiger Mask. I want to single him out for praise because he's just come back, <laughs> come back very strong from agree. his diverticulitis. He looks better than ever. I thought he's been very very impressive during this junior tag league. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, for a guy that had half of his intestines removed, yeah. Um, it looks good. I mean, look, it's Tiger Mask. Let's not let's not you know fucking do cartwheels here. But hey, look good. He looks good. I, I mean, listen, I'm trying to find some energy here at eight twenty eight in a fucking. I haven't had dinner yet, and I'm talking about Tiger Mask. I mean, what do you want from me, right? Come on, Joel. <laughs> uh, Louis says, I feel like this year's Junior Tag League has been a mess. Has there ever been a double forfeit in any New Japan tournament before? Yeah, I mean, there, there's been COVID protocols and, and yeah. worries that have meant certain matches have been pulled. Am I losing any sleep over uh, Dick Togo and Kiano getting their matches pulled? No, I am not. I'm actually quite pleased that that happened. Not that they were bad, uh, but, um, you know, having two matches to watch instead of three is absolutely fine by me. I'm okay with that. I think the Tag League, despite being pretty cold and having no buzz, I think it's been good. and I haven't regretted watching it. I think it's been fun. So there you go. My thoughts on the Super Junior Tag League. Um, 
Should we do a little bit of G1 talk before we get out of here? Do whatever you want. We could do some G1, answer some questions. We could talk about erasure, the psychedelic furs, whatever you want to do. Buddy Landell, we've got to talk about. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. So first, first thing for the G1, Kevin Kelly is going to be flying over to Japan, unlike some people, um, <laughs> going to be providing us with live English commentary. So Kevin is the man. Very excited about that, that I'm going to be able to watch English commentary. That's going to make a huge difference for me. And, and a lot of fans as well. I think a lot of people, if there's no live English commentary, people hand wave stuff. So I think this is going to make a difference. Uh, Flynn says, any thoughts on who might fill all of the gaps in the G1 this year? And that is my question. Uh, Bias Chiefs fan says, how many juniors do we get in this G1? Hayden says, how excited are you for G1 and what are your expectations going into it? And uh, they predict a Cobb versus Naito finals. I think that would be great. I would love that Cobb versus Naito. I think that's quite a good shot, actually. I, I would go with that. And Jason says, with Osprey White and Ishii in question, I don't think Ishii is going to miss it. Uh, missing the G1, what even is the point? They should run it in America. And Chuck Sizzle says, who will fill out the rest of the G1 with people like Will J, etc.? Not competing. Does New Japan bring in other Japanese promotions for their own forbidden door thing, so to speak? Sorry, that was my alarm for the water. I need to change the water barrels. Uh, with a lot of American-based talent, I kind of think New Japan could do an American world block and no. a Japan-based block and the winners meet the final in Tokyo. That way they would need fewer people to get into Japan for less time. It's a nice idea. I don't think they're going to do it though. I don't agree with the sentiment that, oh, just move the whole thing to the US because no. this is new Japan pro wrestling. It's a Japanese company. The core fan base is in Japan and however cold that product might feel to Western fans, that is where they make the money and they cannot just pull the plug on the fucking grade one climax and move it to America because... Uh, some Western fans think that would be more exciting. It's not going to happen. You know, he, for, for whatever people might say, you know, the, the New Japan is still able to bring in thousands of fans in the middle of, um, what's it, state of emergency to come and watch these shows. So there is demand for it there. It is still popular in Japan. So we are going to get the G1 in Japan. So yeah. uh, let's, let's, not, um, let's not go crazy here. Um, I mean, we've got people to f- fill out spots. I mean, Great Okan obviously is going to be in. Chase Owens, we've heard, is going to be in at this point. Um, It could be show, who knows. I don't know if they... I I think it would be exciting for them to bring in talent from other Japanese promotions. They might. They might have to. I mean, I'm I'm racking my brain. I don't think Hinari can come because of the way things are in New Zealand. I'm not sure anyone can leave the country at the moment. So I'm just sort of doing the the mental maths here. So can can I put an excitement? Can I put a little level of excitement here? We got open doors all over the fucking place here in the States. We can't open a door. And it's not like we haven't had people from NOAA or All Japan or other promotions that have been in G1. Again, things are a little different. New Japan had a lot more to do with NOAA. I get it. Trust me. Uh, but it's again, the idea of other people being in G1 is not a, a wacky concept with New Japan. Uh, why not? This is if, if if we're gonna do it, this is the year, right? Okay, so give, wh- give me a name or two then. So if you could pick from All right. Jake Lee, uh Kenta Miyahara, uh, um Go Shizaki. Go Shizaki. Nakajima uh, again? Doc, uh, fine. Um I mean there's no- Muto? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, and but it would be great for them. The, you know, bring back Ricky Choshu, why not? Uh, but you get my point, though. Like, like you could do this. Now, I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying they could. 
And, and this is would be a year where I would have less problem with that. Um, and again, not we're not having a total, you know, half of a of a of a bracket filled with guys that aren't New Japan guys. I don't think there's any need for that. One or two spots, just to yeah, just to pop, I mean, pop just to do excitement. the numbers. Like, so we've got Juice, Osprey, and Jay White missing. Right. I don't yep. think there's anyone else. Uh, um, well, G-O-D, but we're not going to count that. They, were, they weren't in it last year. I'm just thinking from last year, who was in it last year, who's not going to be it this year. And I think it would reduce Osprey if we're you know, taking, taking his word for it and Jay White. So that's three spots to fill. So we've got Chase coming in, Great O'Khan coming in. And then, the, yeah, if, if we're going by that, that's just one spot to fill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again... Could put Kojima in there. I mean, he's been given plenty of stuff this year. It's not particularly exciting, but you could do it. Yeah. But I, yeah, I would prefer to get an answer in there. That would be fun. I think that would inject a bit of buzz into the G1. I mean, why, again, there's there's absolutely no reason why that couldn't happen. Um, I'm just trying to think. Sorry for my... Uh, I mean, he's, let's. Who's Tai Chi's in it? Yes. Okay. Okada's in it. Yeah. I think everyone who was in it last year, apart from. I think Yujiro's in it. I think he's got to be in it at this point. I don't want him to be in it. I would quite happily have him <laughs> replaced with someone else, but I just think they seem to be a bit thin on numbers right now. Cobb's in it. Zach's in it. Sonata's in it. Kenta's in it. Evil's in it. Yeah, why not? Come on. Give us give us that would be fun. Just the, just a fuck imagine the pop. Different just a different face. They could do it. They they definitely could do it. I don't think they will do it, but they could do it. Can we hear your story about Nature Boy Buddy Landell? Oh Jesus. Well, I, I feel like you know the story already, so I feel like I'm telling it to an audience that already knows it. I mean, it's it's out of context too, so it makes it a little bit weirder. But would you, would you want to save it then, and should I just <laughs> slide just it in when it, there is something? Tease it. Yeah. Uh, let's put it this way: I was. Uh, all right. What the fuck? What? Who cares? I mean, it's a, it's. Not, I don't even think it's that great of a story, to be honest with you, but. It's as we promised last week. I, 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 I do. I, I, I'm quite coming around to the idea of just making it an ongoing bit where every week I bring it up <laughs> and then we manage right. to worm out of it somehow. Right. I don't think it's that big of a deal in the sense of like I like I don't I'm not bothered by it. I just thought it was just like a weird story that I was just like, wow. Well, okay. I tell you what. Let's. I I, I want to know whether or not you've told this story in the podcast before. So let us know, listeners, if you have heard the story before. Then okay. tweet tweet us. And yes. if, if nobody tweets us and nobody's heard the story before, then we will tell you the story next week. And I'll set it up in context and it'll be great. Right. But and if you want to hear week. it. Like, and if you want to hear it. Like if, if you, you want to hear it. Right. If you want to hear it, I'll tell the fucking story. Um, I, but again, I feel like I'm overhyping it because I don't think – I mean, you tell me. Is it a good story, Joel? I think all your stories are good. And yeah, I do I do like this one and I think it's worth sharing. But uh, executive decision, we're not doing it this week. You're not getting the story this week. Okay, there it is. There it is. We need we need feedback from you. Do you want to hear Damon's Buddy Landell story where 
things got a little out of hand in a locker room. Sounds like one of those fanfics that I got in trouble for reading <laughs> last year. Um, all right, let's just do a few questions then. If, right. you, uh, uh, if you are hungry, you want to eat your I'm dinner. I'm starving. You We're past that point, my friend. Well, okay, so give me the questions. Nah, give me the questions. Now, give me the questions. Come on, David. There's hundreds of questions here. So, uh, well, give me give me five questions. Let's we'll do okay, five. Five questions. So Shingo Star says, "Does the disappearance of the stocks?" <laughs> Okay. Does the disappearance of Gabe Kidd confirm what we've all suspected? Oh, that some man. young lions are used solely to harvest new body parts for Tanahashi. That is my question. Well, <laughs> not I mean, Gabe, Gabe Kidd, Kidd apparently. <laughs> we haven't seen him since a long time ago. Yeah. We haven't seen him for months. I haven't uh, seen him in a while. Uh, I wonder where he could be. I hope he's all right. I hope he's okay. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, boy, that's a real vague. I don't see. Here's the thing. Like, I don't want to. I don't. Th- I'm going to make an executive decision, and we're not going to. We're not going to. We're not going to go there because uh, it's someone. Well, I mean, people can draw their own conclusions. Draw your own conclusions. Someone, someone who's been wrestling, you know, on a nightly basis for the company, suddenly disappearing for months at a time. Yeah, you know, it doesn't doesn't take a genius to come up with some theories about why that might be. We'll leave it at that. That's good. That's good. There you go. And, and we want to see him back. He's one of our favorites. Yes, and they they need him definitely because yeah, they sure do. you know the, the Japan based dojo is just looking very very thin on the ground right now. Um, Infinity says Joel's praise for Rocky on how he's able to spotlight anyone's strengths, make anyone look good regardless of the match result, and improve Strong's booking. Reminded me of Jushin Thunder Liger. Not all dojo mm-hmm. graduates have this underrated skills. Do you think Rocky learned this from Liger? Um, I think he learned it from everybody, you know, just as many years in the ring and, uh, you know, he's, he's been around the block a few times. So you, you, I mean, he's obviously a great student of the game and he's able, see, here's the thing too. You could be a student of the game, but not be able to translate or transfer what you've learned to other people as a teacher. And also to utilize that to help people get better. Um, yeah, Liger, Liger is is cut from that same cloth, I would agree. Um, I guess also, like, you get to a certain point in your career, too. And I think with everybody, right? Don't you find that in other careers, too, when you kind of have made your mark and you've made your name and you, you're comfortable with who you are? And what you have, and you and you want to, you you take pleasure in seeing other people blossom, right? That might be younger, starting newer, what, whatever the case may be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Rocky definitely has that skill, and and it's pro wrestling. You know, how many people can you name that have that that aren't, dare I say, in the business for themselves, right? I mean, pro wrestling is a pretty shitty fucking industry if you're going throughout the years. Um, and, you know, from every indication, Rocky's one of the good guys. Yeah, very much so. Um, and just whatever he's doing, just keep doing it, Rocky, because yeah. he's he's the guy we understand who's not just him, but he's the driving force behind it. And I think it's just been a rip roaring success so far. Uh, Dan says, couple of questions for Hockey Damon. Oh. Might be redundant by the time of the pod uh, as the draft is tomorrow night, so this is definitely redundant. Do you think the Kraken will come out with a better season one 
team than Vegas did. These unprotected lists are wild. Ron Francis has a great selection to choose from. Uh, two thoughts on the Ryan Ellis trade. I think it's much needed addition to the blue line, but his injury history concerns me. Would have preferred Echo. All these names that Joel has no idea who, like, what he's reading is the best part of all that. Uh, so, yep, Seattle Kraken, first year, uh, the Seattle franchise, Joel. Um, yeah, hockey season's right around the corner, so you, you, you got you to gotta pick up all this stuff up soon. Um, can they have a better season than Seattle? They, they, I mean, I think they make the playoffs with the, with the, the roster that they have, um, which was weird because they had a weird – Draft with their goalies, and uh, I think they make the playoffs. I really do. Um, well, they, well, so uh, Vegas, their first year, Joel, they they went to the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, lost. But again, their first fucking years of franchise, they're going to the finals. Um, I don't know. I mean, stranger things have fucking happened, as we've seen. But um, I will say no. I mean, Vegas fucking caught lightning in a bottle. I find it amazing what they did to fucking uh, Mark Andre Fleury. That was craziness. That's another story altogether. Um, Flyers defense. Flyers had a great offseason. Flyers had a great offseason. Um, got rid of a lot of salary cap, so they had a lot of room to to make some moves. Um, Ellis is a good, strong defenseman, um, and he can move the puck. He's he's you know. They needed somebody with Provorov is really what they needed. They need somebody to, to anchor that side of the defense. Um, here's what they need. They need fucking people that can score. They don't have that. Um, Giroux aside, who the fuck else are, is putting a fucking puck in the net? Um, so they're going to win games 2-1, uh, only if Carter Hart has a decent bounce back year. And that's that's everything. I don't give a fuck who they put in the blue line. Carter Hart's got to have a better season. Got to have a better season. All right, we'll take your calls after this. It's hockey talk with Damon and Joel. <laughs> We're doing football talk now because uh, oh. Mild Urobora says Arteta out. We, we've had a terrible start to the season. We lost our opening game, as I expected we would, to newly promoted Brentford. Wow. Um, we're just a mess, Damon. Just the, the way the club is being run. What do they the, need? What do they need? Everyone needs one- to leave. The manager, all the the, <laughs> the higher up staff, the owner, Stan Kroenke, they all need to leave and be replaced by the people who are running the club before they came in. <laughs> I want Arsene Wenger back. <laughs> I want David Dean back. I want, I want all the all my old favourites who when, when we used to win championships and stuff. But, is uh, it is it a talent evaluation problem? Is it okay. a <laughs> we our manager Mikel Arteta is a, a protege of Pep Guardiola who has had tremendous success in his career. And what I think Arteta's doing is he's trying to emulate something similar to the Guardiola style. But the Guardiola style is a style that works because he has spent, you know, nearly a billion pounds on the exact right players, you know, bankrolled by the the, the oil money for Man City, getting the, the perfect players who can execute that game plan to perfection and make it work. Arsenal don't have that. We don't have that investment. Our owner is Stan Kroenke. You mm. may be familiar with Stan Kroenke. He doesn't oh, like yeah. to spend money. He is using Arsenal as a part of his investment portfolio. He doesn't give a shit if we win or lose. So I think Arteta is trying to play a style that the current squad cannot execute. They're not, they're not good enough to do that. So I think rather than playing to what little strengths we have. He's trying to hammer, you know, the square peg into a round hole. Just little things like trying to, insisting that we play out from the back, you know, that the goalkeeper and the defender should be doing short passing 
to launch counterattacks, which invites a lot of pressure from the opposition because the attackers will close you down quickly and put pressure on you because you know you're you're you've got your goalie making short passes to the defender, which is asking for trouble. And our goalkeeper hates doing that. He's not very good at it. He he makes he gets flustered and puts defenders under pressure by passing to defenders who he shouldn't pass to because they're not in in space. And that leads us to conceding a lot of chances and doing foolish things. We're not, I mean, I could just go on for on and on. But is that the <laughs> arrogance, is that the arrogance of the coach to shoehorn this yes. fucking system in? Yes. Yeah. 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 We've had a few of those. Trust me. We've had a few of those. Uh, let me ask you this. Is that dumb dinosaur still the uh, mascot? Yeah. Uh, yes, he is. I think they brought him back. <laughs> We've got right. our first home game of the season this weekend against Chelsea. Okay. And I think it's going to be very, very ugly. Yeah. I can see us conceding a few early goals and the atmosphere getting really nasty. Uh, my last question is, is Messi a fraud? <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, I'm excited to see that Paris Saint-Germain team. Yeah. It's like the Harlem Globetrotters. I want to see, you know, like if you, you, do, you do it, if you play FIFA or Football Manager or whatever, you, for fun, you assemble, you know, the, the, the greatest team you can, all the best players in one team. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm interested to see. Is that much, uh, do, I, do, do I need to go out of my way to watch them? Uh, they, no, I, I tell you what, I would wait until the Champions League kicks off. Because okay. I think if PSG don't win the Champions League, then that is a catastrophic failure. Like they are, they are hoarding all this talent for the sole purpose of they, they want to win the Champions League. All right. So I think that is when you'll see things either it will be make or break. So either they'll be incredible and it will be like this, you know, footballing elite that's going to blow away the competition, or they're going to fail and it will be hilarious. Right. Those are always good. Those are always fantastic. Who's winning uh, Premier League this year? Who's 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 uh, top of the table, if you will? Uh, I think Chelsea will win uh-huh. the Premier League. I think they've made some really strong signings. They brought back Romelu Lukaku, who I think is going to be a huge addition for them. They won the Champions League last year. They've got a great coach, Thomas Tuchel. And uh, yeah, I just think Man City look... Similar problems to Arsenal, actually, in as much as they are... They, they, they've got this style which ends up... You get lots of passing in a horseshoe formation around the penalty area, but not much thrust. They they look like they really need a new striker. They really wanted Harry Kane. I don't know if they're going to get Harry Kane, but they're just looking like a lot of lot of build up, but no uh, cut and thrust in in the final third at the moment. So I think yeah, my early prediction would be Chelsea. Now I'm curious the life of Joel. Do you watch the games at a local pub, or are you watching these games? David, everything has been closed here since like March. Really? The idea of going to a pub is just laughable at the moment. So, oh, really? <laughs> no pub. So just sit in your house. I don't watch the Arsenal games anymore. They depress me because I know <laughs> I know what's going to happen. I woke up for the England games because you know there was some chance of us actually being exciting and winning stuff there. But, but don't you uh, have a Arsenal- feeling of sense of this is my team? I got to watch it. I, if they're going to go down, I'm going down with them. Again, you're not going to be one of those maniac supporters that you know but do you have a sense of i gotta watch this no i'm not getting up at 3 a.m to watch us lose 2-0 yeah. to brentford it's not at happening. 3 a.m but you're watching on delay right you can watch them on delay right you mean to tell me you don't know of the of like a football torrent site that you can't fucking watch i, I could but why it's not it's not you're stealing money from the premier league that's what you want to do that's your goal mr mr anarchist it's the, it's the <laughs> It's the time investment. I don't. That's two hours I could be spend playing Persona Five point. on my PlayStation. That's a good point. That is a good point. All right, give me one more question. 
And then uh, I got to get some of the fuck. I got to move furniture in this office that I'm in right now. Uh, I had originally floors to be installed on Saturday, but uh, that got fucked. And, uh, but I got to move, like, I work at this desk and it's like, I got to move all this shit. And it's, and here's the thing, Joel, it's set up perfectly. Like everything's working. Like nothing is fucked. It's like everything is working perfectly. Everything's set up perfectly. Now I got to disconnect everything. I got to move this shit out of this office. So when the guy comes over to fucking install these floors, it's, and I have to work tomorrow. Uh, and I, like, I'm just dreading tomorrow because I'm going to be, nothing's going to be where I know it is. And I'm, it's going to take me five hours to do what would normally take me one hour to do. I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. So give me one more question. I'm going to eat my dinner. I'm going to jerk off and then fucking wait for tomorrow. All right. Sounds wonderful. Perfect evening. Uh, Brad from Piss Jeans says, was wondering if they checked out. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. I've had this one in the hopper for a while, actually. So I apologize, Brad, for not getting to it sooner. Uh, He was wondering if you had checked out Andy Bell's album, The View from Halfway Down, that was released last year. It was one of uh, Brad's absolute favorites from last year. Wasn't sure if you were a fan of Andy Bell's or. I am a fan of Andy Bell. I'm a fan of his work in, in Ride. One of my favorite bands. I was I saw them in Philly when they came a couple years ago. It was wonderful to see them live, uh, and of course his work in Oasis. Um, I have not heard that album, but I definitely. Oh, what a thrill! I wonder if they're playing live anywhere. I I, I told you, like right before COVID, they were playing in Philly. I was like, oh my god, they, uh, I might go see them. Fuck. That's great. I'm glad. He, I'm so glad. Well, maybe listen. Tell him to fuck you. Have Joel if he hits you up. You have absolute permission to give uh, uh, an email address or what have you. I would love to hear uh, from him. It'd be wonderful. Okay, great, great. I'm I'm glad you you're excited by that one. I was quite that's fantastic. When you reached out, yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. I, I haven't heard the album though, sorry, but I will put it on my Spotify to dos for this week. So I'll have a full report next week. How's that? Grab you. All right, so uh, dinner time for Damon, breakfast time for me. Uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. If you want to give us some money, show appreciation for what we do, the Discord link is in the show notes to join us if you want to get involved in the discussions and the live event spoilers. I'm very fun at Cobra Kawaii and prowrestlingtees.com forward slash super jcast to get one of our great t shirts. A big thank you to editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at lousyhero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great wrestling related shows. Please give us a five snake review on iTunes and some fine words, which helps us move up the rankings. Follow us on Twitter at the Super J Cast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye.